Thank you for downloading the South Everett Foursquare podcast. This is Pastor Chris Pepler, and you have joined us for the first of two vision casting weekends to kick off the fall. This Sunday, we've commissioned students and teachers to head back into the classroom. We're sending loved members of our congregation into new seasons of their life and investigating Ephesians chapter 4, what it means that God has given the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers in understanding each of our unique roles within the body. Thanks for checking us out. You can find us every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at the Village on Casino Road. We hope to see you soon. Have a great day and enjoy this weekend's podcast. tangibly remember how little control we have. Just breathe in. God, thank you for that breath right there. That's praise. Breathe in. Recognition. Breathe out. Praise. Thank you, God. Our call to
to worship today comes from Psalm 37, 23 through 24. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Remember that as you go throughout your week.
thank the Lord for this team this morning. Specifically, Emily and Addie, who led us in worship this morning. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you for bringing your full gift uh, that we could connect more deeply and more intimately with Jesus this morning. That's a big this deal. This morning, it's so. good to be together for family worship weekend. These are absolutely my favorite because we are never more completely us than when we're all together in the same space, all generations being led and directed by the Holy Spirit uh, who makes us one. And so I'm excited for this weekend uh, because we get to celebrate our kids, we get to do some send-offs, we get to do some surprise appreciations. It's going to be a lot of fun. So it is going to be a great morning, a chance to connect and grow deeper in relationship, uh, understand what it means to have our identity and purpose rooted in the love of Jesus. Amen? Amen? So we have a surprise this morning that all of our youth have been diligently working on, and we want to share that with you in appreciation of someone that we care about very, very much around here. So Ella, if you could cue... And it's Brenda for all you do. From our first day... At South Everett Forest Grove, you just made us feel so welcome. I love all, all the fun ways we get to learn about Jesus, and I love all the cool games and crafts. You make youth group such a fun place to get to know people, and also make it a place to grow in our faith. Brenda, we're grateful for you. Brenda, for all you do for the church, and thank you for all the youth events you've organized. Thank you, Miss Brenda, for all you did for us. Thank you for making all the fun youth events happen. Hi Brenda, thank you for planning all the youth events, teaching me more about the Bible, and spending time with me. Thanks for being such a great kids pastor and soon to be youth pastor, Mommy. Thank you so much for how you make learning about Jesus fun. I love you! Hi Brenda, thank you for teaching us more about Jesus and playing Luke than it is in the car. It makes me smile. And she gives amazing hugs. Brenda is the number one best Sunday school teacher ever. She has a heart that shines for Jesus. Her excitement for Jesus spills over and gets me excited for Jesus too. Thank you, Brenda, for all you do for us. We love you. Hey guys, I'm Joy. I'm Daniel. And today we wanted to say thank you to Chris, Brenda, we're so thankful for your love and support. We're glad God placed you in our lives, even for this short period. Thank you so Thank much. You. We really appreciate you. Bye. Uh, I appreciate Miss Brenda because she's able to do events that are both helping the community and really fun. Miss Brenda is amazing. She helps us, and she she loves us so much, and she just like she knows who we are because. She spends so much time with us, she always focuses on us because she loves us and wants us to learn about him. Thank you, Mom, for being my church leader and for planning events and having uh, fun with the kids. Hey, Brenda, I just wanted to say thank you so much for all your love and support and mentorship and fun. Over the past few years, it's been so great getting to know you and your family. I'm so grateful for you and everything that you've done in my life. Hi, Brenda. Thank you so much for all you do. And um, I'm part of the youth. Thank you so much for all that. We are very grateful for you. Thank you, Mom, for 
putting all this work in for youth and making it happen every week and teaching us about Jesus. Thank you, Mrs. Redner, for teaching us in Sunday school and for being such a great teacher. Brenda has an active faith that is always in action. She steps out and proclaims the good news of the gospel to all. She continually serves the community from the church to Casino Road to even places across and around the globe. We appreciate you, Brenda. Happy Brenda appreciation. <laughs> 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 My goodness. We just, uh, <laughs> we will make it, that is the least favorite thing for her to do, so we won't make you say anything, but um, boy, uh, some of you have heard this, because I've said it before, but some of you haven't. When we first heard about South Everett Foursquare and the possibility of coming here, the first thing I did was jump on the podcast and like listen to what was going on. And so the first message that was up was this very same sort of vision cast weekend that the church was doing in January of 2018. And every one of the leaders had a chance to get up and pitch their vision. And so that was a lot of leaders saying a lot of things. And one thing stuck with me that Brenda, who I didn't meet and couldn't see because it was only an audio podcast, just talked about the critically important work of this discipling and bringing kids to Jesus grounded fundamentally on his word. And there's somebody that is serious about discipling young people. And that is all she's done all the time that I've known her. And it has been remarkable to see not only children, but now I was looking at our numbers of just who we are the other day, and I'm thinking, well, we've got a pretty big children's ministry and a few youth. And now we have 10 children that are here on a regular basis and 18 junior high and high school students. And if there's ever a season or a time in the world where we need somebody not only telling people about truth, but living in it through relationship with them, it is now. And so you are making such a huge difference in the lives of so many people. I don't believe that we would have made it through the pandemic without Jesus using Brenda to hold us together. She was going to kids' houses. It took three and a half hours to go every time she wanted to go and drop off care packages on everybody's doorstep throughout the pandemic. That's a three and a half hour drive. Uh, to stop and then actually spend time in the driveways and prepare things for kids. And if you want to know what that's like, you can just look at the table in the back because she's doing it again. She's spending hours and hours doing work for kids, and it's not just copy and paste and print. It's sit down and do the work of loving children and teenagers when you're with them and when they're not. And so we just thank God for you. And um, it's remarkable to see the way that he has used you. You've worked through tremendously difficult seasons in the pandemic. You've opened your heart again to reach out to new families, and here they are. Here we are. And so um, we, before we invite the kids up to pray over them, we just wanted to say we thank God for you, and uh, you are a remarkable part of this church, you and your whole family. So thank you, Norbies. Give them another hand. Thank you. kids there are you prepare it like it matters 
And so teaching in there is a privilege because I know whatever I'm teaching to one kid or three kids or however many, it's eternal. It's about the eternal impact. So thank you. Yes. And what we're going to do at this time is invite all of the youth and the kids to kind of come up and fill around here. So Brenda doesn't have to stand up here anymore by herself because I know that's not her favorite thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray over these kids, but not just the kids. If you are a school administrator, if you are a school teacher or a college educator or a college bus administrator driver, or a bus driver, or if you work in schools and you take care of campuses and clean them up late at night so the kids can have good learning environments, you can come up. So these are all the people that we are praying and commissioning today. Yeah, Lammers, that's you. Get up there. Yes. Yes. Look at look at this. This is this is what the Lord is doing. These are the people that He is releasing into the work of the ministry in places of education. And the Lord says to study and be diligent, prepared as if we were doing it unto Him. And that is what this group does. Not only are these a group of students, these, especially the the, the younger ones, are missionaries in their community. They have led the way. In, in leading outreaches and discipleship opportunities and doing carnivals all summer long and going and serving and walking alongside people who are experiencing homelessness, uh, both here on Casino Road and in North Everett. It's a remarkable thing. And so you are being commissioned as missionaries into your schools. That's how I pray for you when I pray for you each week by name. And so we just want to extend our hands as those who are in the workplace to those who are going into the education sector day after day. And so, Lord, we just pray, God, for this new school year. We thank you, Lord, that some of these limitations that have kept us apart from each other by way of relationship, be it online learning or trying to meet people that you've never met before, wearing masks. Lord, we're in a season of grace. We don't know how long that season might last, but we're in a season of grace where we can communicate love with our smiles. Um, or we can communicate by listening well. It's been a lot for young people the last couple of years to go through. We pray that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. Or that they would go into their schools with hearts and minds that are attentive to the, the needs and the value of other people. And that we submit this year and this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. All right, we have one more commissioning this morning. Some, again, we send people across the street, and sometimes we send them across the country. And so we're going to ask Zach and Moira to come up here at this time. We're going to pray over them. Sadly, this is their last Sunday with us before moving to Florida. Moira first joined us at our congregation back in 2000 and. 19, her first Sunday with us was the first Sunday that we were a mobile church. So when this place went under construction, we went across the way to Horizon Elementary School. And in a location that was barely even published on the website, uh, Loira found us with her sister and they showed up. And we took a picture of the church, which you're actually going to see in a few minutes, and they're in it. And it's pretty cool that coming all the way through that, uh, we found out about Zach, who was the boyfriend living in Las Vegas. <laughs> Uh, we met him for the first time shortly before the pandemic began. In the middle of the pandemic, they were engaged and then went to Puerto Rico, which is where Loira is from, to be married. We, a bunch of us got to watch that on Zoom, which was kind of cool, um, getting to participate in their wedding at a distance. But Loira has been in medical school, and then she's been doing her residency with Providence Hospital for 
three years, all of the years that she's been here, working all seasons and all hours of the night and the day and working just about in every possible department you could work in and has graduated, has completed her residency and is now ready to begin her vocation as a physician in Orlando, Florida. And so they are moving next week and uh, we have just enjoyed getting to know you. It's been fun getting to know Zach over the last couple of years. When I think about the both of you, I think about quiet and humble strength. Um, but when I think about you not being with us, I, I feel that loss. And, and just knowing your depth of, of, of love for his church and what you bring week after week um, and, and your smiles and your laughter and your joy and that will be missed. But I delight in knowing that we are sending you to a new space. And when you find out whatever church you settle in, I want to talk to your pastor. And I want to tell him what, what he's getting, what she's getting, what that church is getting. Because uh, you get to be a part of multiple families now. You're always home here. This is always home. And so we hope that maybe sometimes you, you get sick of the, the, the flat Florida terrain and you need to come back up here and get in the mountains. So when you do, we'll go hiking together. Uh, but you're always family. And so we just want to extend hands and pray for our friends, Zach and Laura. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for friends who have become family because of your blood, because of your shed blood on the cross, and because of your death and resurrection. You have called us children of God, sons and daughters of God, because that is who we are in you co-heirs with you, Jesus. And so we send our best, Lord. We send those who, under any other circumstance, we would, we would not enjoy sending, but except for your will and your purpose. You have given us the opportunity to invest in one another, and now you are sending them uh, to a new space to care for new people. And I know, in short order, people in Orlando are going to wonder how they ever got by without this couple in their lives. And so we send them with uh, the full measure of grace which you have imparted to them. Um, ask that you would bless them and keep them to make your face to shine upon them and to give them peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Anything you guys want to say necessarily before you go, you don't have to, but if, if, you, if you want to say anything, you're welcome to. We were the quiet ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I just want to say thank you um, for taking us in and being so welcoming that first um, Sunday that I came. Um, this is very sad to leave you guys. <laughs> you guys have grown to be our family, and I didn't have anybody here for the first year and a half of residency, and um, Zach was, we were doing the long distance and long hours in residency and then the pandemic. And it was very hard emotionally. Um, so I just thank you all for your laughs and saying hi to us every Sunday and the woman's Bible study really kept me going. <laughs> So I am going to miss you guys so much. Um, and I just want to say thank you, especially to the Gonzalez family that took me in as another Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say than, than thank you for being a blessing to our lives um, for these past um, three years and for building the foundation um, helping us build that foundation in the Lord for whatever comes next. And um, I hope the next church is as awesome and great 
as you guys are, and that they love to party and do a talk. <laughs> love you guys. All right. Uh, this is going to be a two-week vision cast, and we're just going to dig into God's Word this morning, and we're going to talk a little bit about us. So this is a message, but it's also a vision cast. It's a family meeting. So if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to read this twice this morning. We're going to just read it once and kind of let it soak in. I'm not even going to comment on it. We're just going to let it soak in, then I'm going to share some things that are on my heart, and then we're going to unpack what's in this a little bit and give you an optional homework assignment. Everybody loves homework assignments, right, Justin Westmoreland? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and is through all and is in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does it he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors or shepherds and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach Unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then, this is the why, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in the love as each part does its work. Amen. Woo! Thank you, Jesus, for your word. This message is entitled, and we can put it up there, More and Growing Leaders Together on Mission. More and Growing Leaders together on mission. One of my favorite pictures of this church, one of my favorite pictures in all the 20 years I've been in vocational ministry, was taken and is behind you a little bit more than three years ago when South Everett began our mobile adventure. I just told you about this. When we went from here to down the street to Horizon Elementary, and we all got together, and it was our one-year anniversary of being with the church, and they threw us this really fun party, and then everyone was just there. And it was this beautiful picture, and it was really fun. Again, like, we had two new guests. We had Loira and her sister. And then she just kept coming, and then she brought her fiancé. Now they're married. Now they're going. But I, I really, really love this picture. Um, I love it because it got me through the first half of the pandemic. Because when we couldn't be together, this reminded me that we were us. When we were alone in our homes, 
I remembered that this was what was important. The body of Christ knit together all as one, building itself up in love as each person did their part. And everyone was doing their part. We all did our part to get through that pandemic. And what's interesting about this picture is that some in this picture, well, they have moved on into new seasons. God's church is a fluid church, and it's always in motion when it's healthy. So some people in this picture have moved on to new seasons and are still in relationship with them. Some people in this picture, you look up and you see yourself. Many of you that are still here look up and see yourself in that picture. Many of you were like, I don't even was even here when I was. You're thinking about where you were when that picture was taken three years ago. But you're here now. That is the body of Christ working together. It is not stagnant. It is always in motion. We are healthier when we keep our bodies moving. We are healthier when all the ligaments and joints get to work together and blood is flowing through them. It reminds me, this reminds me again, the body is always in motion. We're part of the Big C Church and we're better together growing on mission as one. Back on August 28th, we had the... Uh, we had the event here, the back to the start out right back to school event with Casino Road Kids Ministries, and 37 people from our fellowship showed up that evening to throw a carnival for the kids, to help assemble backpacks in this room, to play and eat together out in this space. And Chris Norby and I were standing over in the corner, uh, and he just asked me a question as all these kids were running around. It was a beautiful expression of life being lived together. Every generation was present. There was laughter, there was food, people experiencing life, uh, games, crafts. It was beautiful. And as we talked, Chris just asked me, what are your hopes for the fall? Now that we're rested through the summer, what are your hopes for the fall? And I just said, more of this. Like, more of what's happening in this space, and I think we can throw that next picture up too. Yeah, that one, that, I, I just stood over there in the corner and I said, more of that, I just want more of this. That's my hope for the fall. Because when this is done well, all the outcomes the Lord desires come up out of it. It's not that we can dictate what would be. I'm a long dictator of things that should be in the ministry and it's only led to frustration. I'm learning to let that go, to say if we are obedient and doing the thing that the word calls us to in terms of being together as one and building each other up in the faith, the outcomes the Lord desires will just show up. They will appear as he would want them to be. To be more and growing leaders together on mission. That is a term that I've been using more because Foursquare as a denomination is using that term more. Randy Remington, our Foursquare president, has gone to the Lord. He seeks the Lord in prayer so diligently. And the word for the church, the U.S. Foursquare Church, which is made up of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of congregations from here to Orlando to Maine down to Los Angeles, are talking about being people who are more and growing leaders together on mission. That's the goal. More and growing leaders together on mission. I want to show you a picture of Dave. This is why I like Dave so much, because this, oh is, this is current Dave Edler. On, he's our district supervisor. He was the pastor of Yakima Foursquare Church for about 30 years. Simultaneously at the beginning, he was the mayor of Yakima and the pastor of Yakima Foursquare Church at the same time for four years. He did that with grace and excellence in a way that we can learn a lot from today. But way before Dave was the mayor of Yakima or the pastor of Yakima Foursquare Church or now the district supervisor of the Northwest District of Foursquare Churches. He was a Seattle Mariner. Come on, sit somebody. Say amen to that. 1983, Dave Edler was a Mariner when I went to my very first Mariner game. Dave is awesome. And he sent us an email last week 
And it came shortly after my conversation with Chris, and I, I got that email. I said, I'm going to read that to the church because this is what we're pursuing. He helped me put words to, I want more of this. Well, what is more of this? I don't know. It's intangible, but it feels hopeful when we come together and we sing and we pray and we commission. Doesn't it? It's just like, oh, we want more of whatever comes from this. And this is what the email said. It says, it begins in fall, or at least it used to. In the rhythms of church leadership in our region, fall used to signal a return to the familiar, steady patterns of normal life after summer. But this fall is different. Most of us are still trying to get our bearings worked out after two and a half years of disruptive times that have reshaped our culture and our churches in significant ways. Truly, we have entered into a new era on earth and in our region. I firmly believe and prophetically, prophetically embrace that this new season is a gift from our good, loving, and sovereign God. Don't fight it. Embrace it. This is a new era. As we look into the fall, you and I have an incredible opportunity to choose great new fall rhythms for this great new season of God's plan for us, our churches, and our communities. I have a strong suggestion for you. Do this season together. I cannot say this strongly enough. Do not do this season alone. Eternity is at stake. What does it mean for South Everett Foursquare to be the unique expression of God's grace and truth in this place where he set us? As a part of the immediate family of South Everett Foursquare Church, in this season, three things I want each of us to be thinking about, fasting about, praying about, executing, sharing with other people. What do you hope for as it relates to your relationship with Jesus? As a part of the immediate family of South Everett Foursquare Church in this season. Second question, how do you hope God will use you in the lives of others as they follow Jesus? So look around the room. This is why we're family. It's actually intentionally why we set the chairs the, the way that we do. I know it puts more people in the back. It gives us lots of room here. But doing this allows us to see each other's faces, which was one of the things that came out of COVID. People said, I don't love being on Zoom. I'd rather be together, but I don't mind seeing everybody's face for 90 minutes straight as opposed to just the back of their heads. So we look around. We are a family. So ask yourself the question, how do you hope God will use you in the lives of others? Look around in this room. How will God use you in the lives of another person in this room as they follow Jesus? That's why church online breaks down eventually is because there's not the contributing part. There's only the consuming part. And both are important, but the reason we have to be together is because we show up here and we are part of the body. We are the ligaments that work together and they move together. And as each part does its work, the body is built up and held together in Christ who is the head. So we show up here. This is a participatory sport, churches, right? I am the church. I get to be in the body of Christ. And then thirdly, how do you hope that God will use our church family in the community as we follow Jesus together? So we have individual things going on. We have collective things going on. And then we have how the community sees us. And I keep hearing from Alvaro and other leaders, we thank God for South Everett Foursquare Church, which is miraculous because they've never been to one of our services, which means it's going well. If they can love our church and have never been to one of our services, that means we're doing it right. 
more and growing leaders coming together on mission. That's what we're doing together. So these questions, here's the truth. We are not called South Everett Community Church. That is the fellowship that meets across the street. We are not called New Life Foursquare Church. That is the congregation that meets up on Madison. We are not called Mill Creek Foursquare Church. That's the church that meets down on 164th. We are called South Everett Foursquare Church. And that's important because each of these communities and every other one that I didn't mention are unique expressions of God's grace in the place where God set them. We are one family unified together in the love of Christ who is the head of the body, but he called us to do something that's different than what he called them to do. And there is freedom in that. Jesus desires oneness and uniqueness within his church, both and. He desires oneness and uniqueness. Oneness in the sense that we are one body, unique in the sense that it's okay to do different things. We have a unique call on the life of this church Part of that unique process that we use and walking people through and are coaching people through says God created you to do something more efficiently and effectively than 10,000 other people. We're going to be the best church at parking lot carnivals. We are just going to, we're going to rock that world and we are going to be just fine with that. We're going to take more people on a hike. I bet no four square church in this district took 26 people hiking one day, right youth? 26 of us. That's like a 129-mile hike if you add it up all together. (laughs) Yep, working together, we can do a lot more than we can by ourselves, can't we? It's not about finding the best strategy and then replicating it. That, (laughs) the church world, we're always struggling through stuff. There's stuff we're doing now that we're going to look at 30 years from now and be like, that was wrong. But in that season, what we were trying to do was find the best model and have everybody do that one thing. Because that was the ticket to, like, whatever church success means. But a more biblical approach, I believe, especially for us in the season, is to say, no, God called us to do a thing. We're going to do that with everything in us. And we're going to let everything else be handled by those. And we're going to celebrate what they're doing, not be intimidated by what they're doing or try to tear it down. So we're not replicating strategies. We're finding what God has called us to do. Even more specifically, we are called to a unified work as South Everett Foursquare, but also as individuals. There are things that you do in your life that are separate from immediately what is happening here. And then because of who you are and what you bring here, we are us. And we are not us unless that is happening. So everybody brings something to the equation as a part of this fellowship. And I'm having a tremendous amount of fun. Katrina is having a tremendous amount of fun. She called me two Sundays ago and talked for a half hour straight. She was coming home from somewhere. I was on the couch. I was tired. But she just talked for a half hour straight about how much fun she's having being a part of this fellowship. And it was like, ah, Thank you, Jesus. We get to be together, and that is something that we do not take lightly. And uh, when we're us, it's a beautiful thing, both together and when we're scattered. I want to put a picture up here of a couple friends of mine. Mark and Roger down there in the corner. A couple guys I went hiking with on Friday afternoon. We had a magnificent time before the fires broke out in Index. Um, I would say that Roger hiked the heck out of that hike and just blazed a trail, and it's your fault that thing caught on fire. But just <laughs> with all, Roger, in all seriousness, with, with your passion and your intentionality, setting out to accomplish something you didn't think you could do is fire. It's fire. And you encourage us in the body. You build the body up when you allow us to go with you, Right? 
I am always the slowest hiker in the group, always. That is a difficult thing to keep doing, is to be the slowest guy in the group. I say when I'm the slowest, I don't mind waiting for other people. I hate it when people have to wait for me. The Lord's like, working that out in you, don't worry about it. Working that out in you. So Roger, I know what that feels like, that determination and that grit. That was a beautiful hike. That was a beautiful thing that we got to do together as the body. We spent six hours together in the woods, sharing life together, talking about purpose and baseball and music and hopes for our futures and our families. And I just want to keep doing more of that kind of thing. Ladies are gathering together in homes. Julie isn't here with us this morning, but she opened up her home. This is what happens when you start building trust and relationship with each other. You feel safe to open up and share with other people. So that Olga, who'd never been in the United States before four months ago, can show up and have family and have connection. And that we can be together and send people. We're sending so many people out of this picture. Tessa's in California. Whatever's going to, don't, nobody moved to Maine after whatever's moving to Florida. We're going to be in all the corners, right? But if you did, the body spreads out. This is the good news. This is what I want more of. More and more of this. More leaders growing together on mission. And we want to belong together. We want to encourage each other in the spaces and places where we spend the rest of our lives too. The identity, the gifts, and the purposes God has given to each person in this room has immense value. I just want to share some of them with you. We're not so big that we can't know each other's business in the healthiest way. That's one of the dangers of small communities, and it's one of the greatest blessings if we steward it well. That we can be up in each other's business in positive ways that build people up. You want to hear about you guys? Your school teachers and counselors and bus drivers and school campus facility care specialists. You are designing discipleship training schools at the YWAM base in Monroe. You're walking alongside adults with special needs so that they can thrive in the workforce. You're inviting the strangers into your home. You're raising your grandchildren. You're encouraging men and women who are experiencing isolation and loneliness and giving them tools to move forward. You're resettling refugees. You're barbecuing for kids in the city. You're working overtime to establish better working environments for fuel delivery drivers. You're going above and beyond with the Boys and Girls Club for kids without dads. You're providing care for the sick and elderly in their homes. You're playing your guitar in the park, bringing joy to those who pass you by. You're helping children in this community with their homework. You're interceding for the needs of this church every Friday. You're delivering Amazon packages. You're hiking to raise funds to end human trafficking. You're sharing Jesus with every neighbor you meet. You're hosting carnivals in the parking lot here at the village. You're caring for patients at the hospital. You're bringing beauty to homes and exterior landscapes. You're beating cancer and autoimmune diseases. You're discipling children in your homes. You're making digital music and sharing it with others. You're growing leaders on mission and more is to come. This is the beauty when we incarnate ourselves in the work of Ephesians chapter 4. This is how it fleshes out. And it would flesh out like this because the word is living and active a million and a half times over. If you apply this to every little part of the body of Christ, it's magnificent, Julia. It's absolutely magnificent, Caitlin. It is beautiful what the body of Christ will do together. Ephesians.
The word Ephesus means desirable. And it was a desirable place. It's a part of the ancient world. Ephesus was the center, the dead center of commerce and an interaction between Asia and Europe. It was, it was right there. It sat along the Aegean Sea and was one of the greatest seaports in all of the ancient world. And Paul visited Ephesus for the first time, as recorded in Acts 18, in 52 AD. So we're looking about two decades after Jesus died, ascended into heaven, sent the Holy Spirit found Paul on the road to Damascus. And then Paul began a process of deep, deep discipleship and inner working, and then he started going on mission. First close, then a little bit further, then a little bit further, all the way across the Mediterranean Sea. But he went on three different occasions. On the second one, he found the city of Ephesus. And when he was there, it says in the scripts that he went to, the scriptures, it says that he went to the synagogues and reasoned with the Jewish people about the person of Jesus. And they wanted him to stay. And he said, well, I don't know about that. I can't stay now. But maybe, maybe, maybe if it's the Lord's will, I'll come back. And he did. He returned two years later in AD 54 on his third missionary journey. And he spent a few years building up the church in Ephesus. Paul planted the church. John, who we spoke about all through the Letters of Revelation series, would pastor that church for 30 years, from 60 to 90 AD. So Paul planted it, John pastored it, and then pastored other churches and planted other churches, names you're familiar with now, like Smyrna and Pergamum and Thyatira and Sardis and Philadelphia, Laodicea, all these cities that we talked about in the spring were the churches that were planted. And so this is Ephesus, the hub and also the capital of idol worship. It was a dangerous place for followers of Jesus to be, but the church was living and active there, and his word was coming to life. But Ephesians 4 specifically speaks to unity in the body of Christ. That's the subheading, praying for unity. What I want us to do is just take one second and pray for unity. Close your eyes. We're doing some work in the spirit here. Pray for unity where you sense or are experiencing disunity as it pertains to the body of Christ. Think about it right now. There's a rift somewhere. It could be a person. It could be a congregation. Pray for unity in a space. Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you right now within the body of Christ. Lord, we desire greater humility, greater unity greater understanding, Lord. We pray against the lies of the enemy that would come and tell us that we are unlovely or unwanted or rejected by other people or other congregations, Lord. It may be different ideological or political beliefs within the body of Christ. There's a lot of disunity, Lord, and you say that you're going to bring it back together. Your word promises that you will. Because you, Christ, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip your people for works of service so that the full body of Christ might be built up until, Lord, we as your church reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, obtaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God, we want more of you today. Pour yourself out on your church in this moment even. Ephesians 4 is all about postures related to the calling that we have received. Unity is hard work, right? So unity isn't easy. Staying in shape is not easy. It's painful sometimes to stay in shape. It's painful to keep a garden 
free from weeds. It takes work. Just like unity in the church takes work. It takes prayer. It takes conversation. It takes listening before speaking. It takes putting our own biases aside. It takes serving people when we don't want to. That's what happens. And the enemy's coming in all the time and trying to like mess things up and do what he does. And we just tell him to, you know, go back to Hades where he came from. It's just that easy. The word says that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. And Jesus showed us how to do it. So we can do it. We will keep doing it together as more and growing leaders together on mission. So this is the last thing I want to give you. This is the homework. You guys ready for some homework? I want you to pull out your phones right now. I want you to get ready to either email me or text me. I'm going to invite you to take an assessment called the APEST assessment. APEST. A-P-E-S-T. For the Lord Christ himself gave the apostles A, the prophets P, the evangelists E, the shepherds S, the teachers T, Apest. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the shepherds, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we reach unity. So we cannot know what we are called to until we have a deeper grasp and understanding of who God made us to be and the gifts that he gave us uniquely. These things. We got a little bit of all of that going on in us. To different levels and different measures, I want you to look at my outcomes. This might tell you a little bit about me. It's probably no surprise. This is my APES report. When you take this little report, this was designed by Jesse Cruikshank, who has worked with Foursquare for years and years and years in the Gateway District, and a really, really, really smart British guy named Alan Hirsch. If you haven't read his stuff, start reading it, especially if you care about missions. But Jesse Cruikshank and Alan Hirsch came together and built the 5Q tool. And so we're going to send you to websites, and you're going to get a little test, and you're going to finish the test, and it's going to give you an outcome. That with 38% of who I am, I am a shepherd. With 27% of who I am, I've taken this test twice, three years apart, and it came out pretty much the same. I'm evangelistic. I'm apostolic. (laughs) With 26, teaching 21. That's why I'm okay with using things like the Bible Project. And prophetic 12. That's why I have people like Dan McKinnon in my life. And these guys, right? We're not supposed to be great at everything. Is that okay? Does everyone feel better about not having to be great at everything? The world will tell you that you have to be awesome at everything. It's a lie. You don't. You're not. We aren't. What? So what you do when you take this, I'm, what I'm doing, this is a persuasive speech now. I'm trying to persuade you to text me right now and say, I want to do this, Pastor Chris. I want to do this. But if you don't, that's okay too. But it gives you this whole report, which gives you great clarity on your life. And this is what it says about me, just a little part. I won't read most of it, but it says, and so it would classify me as a shepherd evangelist. See how that works? You're taught to you. It gives you a name. Shepherd evangelist is committed to a person's belonging so they in turn might love and care for others. On the assumption that community, when it is done correctly, is itself good news. The impact of the shepherd evangelist will be to create an attractive, dynamic, and caring organization. The shepherd evangelist will get personally involved with others, lovingly recruiting them into a place of belonging within the greater community. The shepherd evangelist is motivated to draw people into loving relationship, believing that Jesus is made known through community. I can stand confidently to say that God built me that way. God did not build all of us that way. But every one of you has been designed uniquely to do something that contributes to the health of this body. So here's what I propose. I propose if you want to just take this and see what happens, it's going to help us in this year to come as we begin to learn about who we are. 
Because I want to know what other people are. I want you to know that I'm a shepherd evangelist. I want us to be able to use common practical language with each other so we know how to build the body up so that there's unity in Christ and that the world knows Jesus, right? So if you'd like to do this, it's $10. I just told you Foursquare gave us a bunch of money to spend on things just like this. So the church, the denomination will pay for you to take this test. So all I need you to do is send me a little note that says, yes, I'd like to do that. I'll buy a bunch of these. I'll send it to you individually. The hope is that you would take it. You would take a look at it this week and come back with it completed next week. This is for youth too. I already talked to Brenda about it. It's great. So we can all do this together. We'll, we'll learn about each other because as we know who God has placed together in this season, we'll know what to do about it. Amen? Amen. Amen. But Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing together with this group of leaders growing together on mission. We want to represent what your body looks like. We don't want to be infants any longer tossed back and forth and blown here and there by the teachings, the cunning strategies of the world. We just don't want that anymore. Instead, we want to speak the truth in love, Lord. That's what we want to do. We want to grow to become a mature body of those who are led by you, who are joined together and held together and built up in love as each of us does our work. Lord, I don't know what this whole year holds to come. I just know that we're together right now, and I want more of this, Jesus. So let it be in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen.